0: Welcome to A Smashing Theory, the Super Smash Bros. Switch Prediction Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And hey, everybody. It's it's April. Yeah, welcome to April. Yeah. I didn't actually see, like, any Smash... Related April Fool's jokes this year, kind of surprised. Yeah, that's kind of weird. You know, April Fool's was
1: not super involved this year. I don't think. Probably because it was on a weekend. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I think since it happened on a Sunday. Yeah, like Easter Sunday. So like coinciding with
0: Easter. Yeah, you know, I, I think. I feel I'll... like that makes it kind of tough. Usually, I feel like a lot of corporations and like game companies sort of make their own jokes, but since it wasn't a weekday and they weren't in the office to like post that to a website right. or whatever i feel like they're way less than usual
1: plus you also can't do like happy easter he is not risen april fools he actually <laughs> is hey christians
0: <laughs> buy my products i i did see one funny post on twitter that was like you know if you think about it jesus was the original april fool <laughs> that's true that's pretty good <laughs> But anyway, you know what I'm not fooling about. What's that? Smash Bros. Oh my God. (laughs) You're so right. You never fool about that. Actually, this is a perfect opportunity to bring up some corrections, which I couldn't possibly ever fool about. Yeah, they were all April Fool's jokes, guys. So
1: as we tell you these corrections, we're actually just lifting the fool's wool from your
0: eyes. What? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I roll with your stupid shit all the time. Anyway, <laughs> so a couple corrections from the last episode, the little mistakes that we made that we're correcting now. <laughs> that is what corrections are. <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe someone's <laughs> never heard the word correction before. I don't okay, know.
1: They, hey, that's fair.
0: First off, uh, we mentioned in the last episode that Dixie Kong has a unique moveset in Donkey Kong 64. She's actually not in Donkey Kong 64. Right. She's, she's not playable in that game. We were thinking of Tiny Kong, a little, little girl... Kong that also has pigtails. Uh yeah, except she shrinks. Oh. That's her whole thing. Oh, okay. Since she's Tiny
1: Kong. She can like shrink down to tiny size and then solve puzzles in that way. Oh, Donkey Kong 64.
0: What a weird game. <laughs> so weird. Is. Also, we mentioned Kamek as a possible Yoshi representation in the last episode. And we were kind of talking like Kamek's never really had any significant representation in Smash before. We actually played Smash 4 for funsies the following <laughs> weekend, and we noticed that on the Mushroom Kingdom U stage, Kamek shows up and changes the stage with his magic. So he's already made sort of a cameo in Smash. That's not to say that Kamek couldn't make a more substantial and
1: interesting cameo in future Smash games, but there is a history there that we uh, neglected to mention.
0: Yeah, we we overlooked that, so, so there you go, our... Our dirty laundry aired for you to see. April Fool's! (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha! Anyway, let's talk. (laughs) As always, A Smashing Theory is a podcast where we go through Nintendo franchise by franchise to see how different parts of Nintendo have been represented in past Smash games and how they could be represented in the future. This episode, we're talking about The Legend of Zelda. Yes. Uh, and this is this is a pretty big one. Zelda's pretty important in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things, I think.
1: Both just in terms of being an excellent and critically acclaimed video game franchise and in Smash.
0: Yeah. So, we definitely got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right in. As always, we'll start with characters. Right. So, first off, we'll look at veteran characters. Characters that have been in past Smash games and look at their likelihood of returning. Sure. So, first off, Link. Yeah. The hero of time. Yeah, and he is already confirmed to be returning. Not just that, but he was in the opening trailer. Right. He was at the very end, and Mm -hmm. his silhouette was one of the more clear ones where you could very clearly see that he's based on his Breath of the Wild incarnation, at least aesthetically this time. And that means that there's a lot of speculation and humming and hawing and wondering out loud whether he's going to get a moveset update that reflects Breath of the Wild. right? And I even did some thinking about that in our first episode. I remember that. I thought about the possibility of there being three Links in Smash 4. A Champion Link, a classic Link, which has his original Smash moveset, and Toon Link, who loves to come and hang out and be a tiny little boy that, that jumps around with sword.
1: <laughs> um, have, have your opinions about that changed or evolved since you made that prediction yeah
0: yeah i've done some thinking and here's the thing i had that thought out loud before because sakurai he rarely removes unique movesets from a game right if he cuts a character it's usually at least kind of a clone mm-hmm. so if link had a substantial moveset change to sort of reflect his breath of the wild appearance and it that could be a very different moveset you know he mm-hmm. could use runes in his special moves, instead of his sword spin for his up B, he could use the kite thing oh, that sure, he has. Sure. Yeah. He could be a very different character. And if so, you wouldn't want to take the original Link's moveset, a moveset that people have been using since Mass 64. Iconic. Yeah. Although I don't
1: think he's ever been super high tier, has he? No, he hasn't.
0: Not that that matters, yeah. you know.
1: That doesn't matter because there are still a lot of people out there who play Link and enjoy playing Link, but you know. Yeah. At the very least, the competitive community might not complain as much.
0: Yeah, here's the thing that I thought about that. Original Link's moveset is already in the game because it's also Toon Link's moveset, Mm. more or less. Uh, Toon Link does have some changes, you know, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, he's a faster, better version of Link (laughs) that, you know, every time I've played Smash, if someone's playing Link and they're trying to win, they're playing as Toon Link and not not regular Link. So since that playstyle, since that moveset would already be intact, if they just kept Toon Link and changed adult link completely. Mm-hmm. My prediction is that Link will have a substantially updated moveset to reflect his Breath of the Wild gameplay. Okay. And that he won't have another adult Link running around with that original moveset, but instead toon Link will fill that role. Okay. Yeah. I'd be down for that. That's my thought on that for now. Well, yeah, and I th- I think there's also a decent chance that his move set won't change that much anyway, hmm, okay, and that maybe the changes to his move set will just be more aesthetic, like he'll still mm. have a bomb as his down b, but it'll be those little blue square bombs okay that you know look a different way when they blow up, but won't be too different mechanically, okay. I think it'll be really cool to see Link in action either way. I'm excited to see how he plays and how he looks.
1: I agree. I've never particularly enjoyed playing as Link myself. He's always felt a little clunky to me in terms of kind of his moves and how they all work together. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, So I would be in favor of a more substantial rework for him. Yeah. For his Breath of the Wild incarnation. I'm not predicting that that's going to happen, but I would love it if he felt like a substantially different character from how he feels now.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. So the next character is Zelda. Right. Now, Zelda's really interesting to me because obviously Link has been updated aesthetically to reflect the way he looks in Breath of the Wild. Sure. But in Zelda's case, I want to kind of jump back and see how she's been represented in the past, right? So she debuted in Melee, and in Melee she looked the way she does in Ocarina of Time. In between Melee and Brawl, Twilight Princess came out. So Zelda was updated visually to look the way she does in Twilight Princess. Okay. Then in between Brawl and Smash 4, we got Skyward Sword, Mm -hmm. but Zelda still looked the way she does in Twilight Princess. Okay. And that, I feel, in part is because... Zelda and Skyward Sword, she never really showcases the magical abilities right. that Twilight Princess Zelda and Ocarina of Time Zelda do. I see. So here we are. Breath of the Wild is a big thing, obviously, uh-huh. but Zelda in Breath of the Wild, like you, you find out over the course of the game that she is magically inept. She doesn't have this command over magic that past Zeldas have. She's sort of wrecked about that. She's sort of that sort of messes her up, and I'm wondering because. Sakurai's already made the decision in the past that well this Zelda wasn't very magical doesn't make much sense to change her mm-hmm. to this to this appearance. I wonder if it'll just be Twilight Princess Zelda again or even like a new Zelda design that sort of mashes elements of past Zeldas Ooh, together. I like that option. That's a cool option. Yeah. Either way, whatever she looks like her
1: moveset's going to be largely the same. Okay which is a shame because I played Zelda a lot in Smash 4. She was kind of one of my mains in Smash 4 actually. And there's a lot about her move set that I appreciate. Except that I'm not a huge fan of her down special where she summons the suit of armor that kind of charges forward and slashes at you. Mm -hmm. I've used that successfully exactly one time, and that was when we were playing Smash like a week ago. Yeah, Uh, I just happened to charge it up at exactly the right time, but it went out at just the right time and KO'd somebody. I have never otherwise used that move successfully. It's like so slow and clunky and difficult to time. And I would love it if that wasn't one of her moves anymore. But it do
0: a hard hit, just get the timing right, my dude. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I I think if any part of her moveset would change, it'd probably be that down B. But I I think she'll be largely the same. And actually, I love her moveset, so I'm fine with it saying the same. Okay. I mean, I like the rest of it. You know, I like her (laughs) little bombs she can fling out. I like
1: her deflector shield, uh, Nairu's love thing she can do. Mm Mm-hmm. And I love doing the Pharaoh's wind combo where you hit someone on the ground, knock them into the air, and then hit them again to KO them. Yeah. That, to me, is one of the most satisfying things you can do in that game. <laughs> so I'm
0: totally down for that coming back. Cool. Up next is Sheik. I think it's pretty clear she's coming back. People even claim to have seen her silhouette hmm. in in that trailer.
1: I'd say she's a lock. She's like yeah. a perennially popular character with yeah. a very effective moveset
0: pretty fun to play yeah know, i i can definitely see her coming back yeah she's absolutely returning and i think she'll play pretty much the same as she she has yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah. uh her, her smash 4 moveset was pretty cool so i think that'll stay pretty intact nice up next is ganondorf right and uh <laughs> ganondorf in smash has had an unfortunate history.
1: He has. I can actually remember getting Smash Melee with my friend Lonnie. We both got it at around the same time. And we went to, like, game FAQs or whatever the website was back then. Game Sages. Do you remember Game Sages? I do not. Okay. Well, that was my constant resource for walkthroughs because when I was very young, I didn't understand that it can be cool to play through a game without knowing anything about it. And so I just <laughs> used walkthroughs all the time. This will not surprise Daniel, No, uh, based on my current gaming uh, habits, but, you know, we, we were playing the game, we were really enjoying it, we figured there'd maybe be four more unlockable characters, so we said to ourselves, let's check Game Sages, let's see what characters are unlockable, and we got through kind of the four that we were expecting, but then suddenly it was like, to unlock Ganondorf, and we were like, Ganondorf? Ganondorf's in this game? And we were so excited... We did everything we needed to do to unlock him,
0: and then he was a fucking Captain Falcon clone. (laughs) Yup. And that is what he has been... Forever. ...for the last three games, yeah. He was, yeah, he was a heavy version of Captain Falcon in Melee, then he was a heavy version of Captain Falcon in Brawl, and he is still that in Smash 4. And, you know... It's difficult because I actually enjoy that
1: play style. I kind of like slow, powerful Captain Falcon, Yeah. but I still wish that
0: Ganondorf had his own moves. Yeah, a lot of people think that Ganondorf's moveset should be given to Black Shadow from F-Zero, and that Ganondorf could then get his own unique moveset. I like that I can, idea. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever happen. Okay. I'd love it if it did happen.
1: Right. That'd be really great. Black Shadow does rank rather low on the relevancy scale, Oh, very. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately. Maybe if we ever got a new F-Zero game. I would love that. Me too. I really dig that franchise a lot. Yeah.
1: And it's a shame that it's dead. Yeah. F-Zero GX is really cool, and I just
0: think a a sequel's long overdue.
1: Yeah. Um, Isn't that one of those games where Shigeru Miyamoto has basically been on the record saying, like, we have no idea what to do with this franchise anymore? I think so, yeah.
0: It's unfortunate. Yeah. But anyway, we talking about Zelda. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, Ganondorf's basically going to be the same. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I'd love it if he was different, but there's no precedent to say that he will be. Right. And I I should say, we got Link in Smash 64. We got Zelda, Sheik, and Ganondorf in Melee. Also in Melee, we got Young Link. Oh, true. Which was, you know, a a tiny, faster Link clone. Mm Mm-hmm he did not come back for Brawl, or should I say he technically didn't come <laughs> back for Brawl because Toon Link appeared in Brawl and they're both, they're treated like different characters than each other. But they're functionally the same. They're right? functionally the same, yeah. yeah. Like Toon Link is a, you know, he's a smaller, faster uh, Link clone that is actually really fun to play <sighs> and very frustrating to play against. Yeah. He, he zips around and he's, he's a little monster. He's pretty cool. I think Toon Link will come back. I think that branch of the franchise needs representation. Sure. Because they have a lot of more realistic Zelda games, but they also have that Toonie aesthetic that they use for a lot of Zelda games these days. So I think Toon Link will stick around. Okay. I'm down for that. And that's all the veterans. So the Zelda franchise is currently represented by five characters two of them are different versions of Link and Zelda's a really interesting franchise coming into 5 because I feel especially since Breath of the Wild is so big mm-hmm. it's it's such a big deal it's really blown up that Zelda like deserves and maybe needs more representation than five characters okay but the the question the big question is what that representation will be mm-hmm. so well, we we got a lot of characters to discuss, and let's start with veteran assist trophies. Characters that have been assist trophies in the past, and their potential for being promoted to playable. So, our first assist trophy ever was Tingle in Brawl. Right. And Tingle, actually, was someone that I predicted would be in Smash 4. <laughs> and I was wrong. Which is a shame, because he's a great character. Yeah, we've talked in past episodes about relevance popularity and moveset potential the rpm triangle <laughs> stop <laughs> <laughs> i think tingle when when four happened when four is about to happen Tingle was theoretically off the charts in moveset potential. He's Mm -hmm. just such a weird little dude. He uses rupees for shit. He blows up balloons. Yeah. And balloons is why I'm much more doubtful about his chances for five. Right. Because four came out and the villager from Animal Crossing was a playable character. Mm -hmm. And the villager just has the balloon fighter balloons. Right. Those balloons that Tingle would have is like, that's the perfect upbeat for Tingle if he existed. Do you remember Tingle's balloon fight? I do, Yeah, yes. The fact that the villager has exactly what tingles up he would be, it communicates to me that Sakurai wasn't really considering him that hard as a character ever.
1: I get ya. I, I do think that there are fun other things that they could do with tingle and balloons, which yeah. sounds like a weird fetish. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm actually talking about his up special... You know, he could do the, like, ting and then the balloon could explode or something. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of stuff they could do, but I also think you're on to something in terms of, you know, that being indicative of the fact that Sakurai could have created Tingle and given him a balloon special, but instead he included Villager.
0: Yeah, And there's the other two parts of the scale, relevance and popularity. mm mm-hmm. With the exception of Hyrule Warriors, where he showed up as a playable DLC character, Tingle's been less and less relevant in the base franchise, sure. and that ties directly into the popularity thing—in him being very popular in Japan for a hot minute, but America hates him. <laughs> I don't. I right, love no. Yeah, yeah, America, with the exception of Daniel and I, <laughs> hates him. <laughs> yeah, I love Tingle but he's he, his the reception of him in western countries is very divisive he got a couple of spin-off games in japan one of them made it to europe neither of them <laughs> made it to the states so we'll just have to suffer over here forever never
1: getting to play tingle's rosy rupee land from a store where we bought it in the states
0: i visited europe in 2009 and while I was there, I bought the European version of Tingle's Rosy Land. And how was that, Daniel? Uh, <laughs> it was kind of fun. It was okay. it was very it was a very silly game. A lot of homophobic jokes in in retrospect. Yeah, yeah, you know
1: that's I think that that might be part of why Tingle's reception in America has been
0: cooler than it
1: has been in Japan. Yeah, because even in like Majora's Mask, you know, I think a lot of people were thinking to themselves like, oh, they're making fun of a. Yeah. Kind of a, a gay man, basically. Yeah.
0: And really, back when he came out, that didn't even occur to me. I'm like, oh, look at this silly, goofy man. He's right. so funny and silly. But looking back, you know, with hindsight, you've got, like, the father who's
1: ashamed of how he's behaving yeah. and all that. And it kind of...
0: Yeah, his, his depiction is pretty problematic these days. And thus, maybe maybe it's... Maybe it's for the best that he is... Uh, that he's uh, relegated to assist trophy status. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good spot for him anyway. He's mm-hmm. the thing where he randomly generates a bunch of items. That's that's pretty good for Tangle. Yeah. That's pretty solid. So let's move on. In Smash 4, we actually got three new assist trophies for the Zelda franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was Midna from Twilight Princess. Yeah, She just hangs out and uses her hair helmet thing... to to grab people and throw them off the stage. Sure. And Minna is a character that I think is loaded with moveset potential. Mm -hmm. I
1: also think that she's enjoyed more popularity than most of the other sort of assistant characters from the Zelda franchise. Yeah. More so than Navi or Tattle or whoever
0: else. Yeah, possibly for uncomfortable reasons. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think she is pretty popular. And... She, you know, she could ride around on Wolf Link, mm-hmm. and that'd be really cool. But I think her time's kind of passed. Okay. Like, Twilight Princess did get that remake, actually, not too long ago. True. And... She was also in Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, she was playable in Hyrule Warriors, so she's still relevant. She she still pops up more than you would expect. Mm-hmm. And so I guess she technically fills all three spots on the triangle. Sure. But I don't know if she fills it enough. I think she'd be great, but I don't think she's in. Okay. Third assist trophy character is Skull Kid. Yes. So in Smash Bros. 4, Skull Kid has one of three different effects. Okay. He can turn the stage upside down. Mm-hmm. You know, he can flip the camera upside down, mess people up, he can reverse all directional inputs for all players. <laughs> Or he can turn everyone invisible. Basically, as an assist, most assist trophies are meant to assist the player that uses them. Skull Kid just annoys everyone when he shows up, which is very in character, yes, I think. Yes, that
1: definitely makes sense
0: for him. Yeah, I think one person in this room, minimum, would love to see Skull Kid as a playable character in Smash. I know, it's you! <laughs> it's and not I, I, me.
1: <laughs> no, it's me. I, I actually don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Uh, Majora's Mask is hands down my favorite Zelda game of all time. That it is. Yeah, I, I like it a lot, I like everything about it, and I like Skull Kid as a villain, so I would be very pleased if he were in Smash 5, whether or not he will be is a different question entirely.
0: And I think the answer to that question is probably no. Yeah. I think relevance and popularity-wise, Assist Trophy is the perfect role for Skull Kid.
1: Yeah, I agree, yeah. sadly.
0: Yeah. I'm also and... not sure what kind of
1: moveset potential he'd have. Yeah, like... Uh, like he even d- He doesn't really do a lot until he like transforms during
0: the final boss fight. Right, yeah. So that's kind of tough. Yeah, that's fair. The last Assist Trophy that shows up in 4... Is Girahim from Skyward Sword? Right, the sort of swashbuckling rapier-using guy, right? Yes, he's uh, he's like the the flamboyant. It's very Orochimaru-esque character, right? Uh, who even does, like, the creepy tongue stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, sort of has a sword that he makes out of shadow energy and very, like, very badass to fight against. And, and yeah. some, some cool boss fights in Skyward Sword are against him. I, I like him a lot. He's got a visually striking design. He's yeah. got cool powers. Yeah. And Girahim was a hot topic when Four was about to come out. A lot of people thought that he was going to be playable. And I'm going to be talking more about Girahim. when we talk about some potential new characters i think sure because ultimately he was just an assist trophy and i think it's going to stay that way okay even though he has great playable potential he's really got that moveset potential i think and on top of that he was in hyrule warriors sure but i think assist trophy is the right spot for him and i think that's gonna
1: stick Relevance is a tough topic for Zelda characters because every Zelda game takes place in a new universe.
0: That's exactly what I'm going to be talking about when we get to new characters. Okay. Yeah. But first, a quick peek at Smash 4 costumes. So we didn't get any, like, new characters represented from Zelda in, in costumes. We got a Link costume for the sword fighter, Right. And we got Majora's Mask as, like, a helmet. Okay. And that's, you know... That's that's all we got, which is fine. Sure. So then let's jump in to new character discussion, characters that haven't really been represented uh, in any significant way mm-hmm. in past Smash games, and the most obvious one is the champions from Breath of the Wild. Right. Breath of the Wild is the latest Zelda game, it's really big, and... There are these four champion characters that are a big deal in this game that get a lot of development and a lot of focus. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people are wondering which champion will get as playable, if any. And, see, the, the tough thing about Zelda characters is that until Hyrule Warriors became a thing... And we got to revisit a lot of characters from past games. Until that happened, a lot of really cool Zelda characters are sort of confined to a single game because they all take place in a new time in a new part of the timeline and a new setting, more or less. Right. So you only ever see these characters once. And I think that's a big part of why Girahim was only an assist trophy. hmm Because when Sakurai thinks about relevance, he also thinks about whether or not that character will stay relevant. Sure. For a period of time in the franchise. That makes a lot of sense. Right? And you can see that with with one-shot characters like Ghirahim and him not picking them. I think Sheik is kind of one of the reasons why he likes to look at long-term relevance. Because mm. Sheik is not long-term relevant, but she's in the Smash Bros. series for life now. Right. Because people got attached to her as a character in Smash Bros. That makes sense. So therefore, these one-shot characters, the champions, I think are less likely than one would Expect on the surface right at the same time, I could see them pulling a chic because Breath of the Wild has sold millions of copies already. Mm-hmm. It's a huge game. everyone would recognize a champion if it showed up in in smash, yes, as playable, so I want to at least entertain the possibility of them being playable, so I'm going to go in order of most uh, in order of least likely champion to most likely <laughs> champion okay, so least likely I think is miFA. Uh, she was the zora champion. Right. She had this cool trident and she mostly focused on like her healing ability. She had like a big old crush on Link in the story mm-hmm. and she would like heal him after tough battles and stuff and some of the flashbacks in the game.
1: Right. So obviously if you have a character who's mostly focused on healing abilities, yeah. they might not necessarily have a lot of moveset potential. Yeah,
0: I do think they could make a really cool moveset for her with her trident. Mm-hmm. But I I still think she's she's not that likely to be playable, just okay. just because she is sort of portrayed as a more passive character to start. Sure. Then next up, I think is Rivali, the Ruto champion, right? Uh, a bird boy, very very sassy, kind of British. Got a bow and arrow, and he you know he flies around and and taunts Link a lot. Mm-hmm. I think what's more likely than Rivali being playable in any form is for Link to have Rivali's bow. And to use his his special move in his up B, Rivali's Gale or whatever it's called, where a gust of wind appears beneath Link and then he uses it to propel him upwards with a sail. Okay. That's his up B right there. (laughs) And therefore Rivali has less of his own moveset, you know? I see. That makes sense. Yeah. So I think he's also not that likely. The two champions I think are most likely. First is Daruk. Daruk! The Goron champion. And I think there's some likelihood to him, because, man, he'd just be a cool-ass moveset. Big heavyweight character. The first heavyweight character that'd be a good guy, you know? Mm-hmm. All the most of the heavyweights are, are villains. Right, like Bowser. Yeah, and... Bo- King Dedede. yeah. Although King Dedede is more... He's not really a villain, he's just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he's an asshole that he's... <laughs> His alignment is chaotic, selfish, <laughs> right? Although he he does he does work in the greater good sometimes. D D Yeah, he does.
1: He does. I mean, he certainly does villainous
0: things. You know, yeah. I want to eat all the food in
1: Dreamland. <laughs> Bring it to my castle. You can't have any. That's pretty much the plot of Spring Breeze.
0: Yeah, but yeah, he's he's a Glutton that doesn't want the world to explode and will help Kirby when that's about to happen.
1: Moving back, however,
0: to (laughs)
1: Daruk, another fun fact about me is that Gorons are my favorite Zelda race. I like them a lot. I really loved using the Goron mask in Majora's Mask, almost to the exclusion of the other masks unless I had to use them. So I would love for there finally to be a main Goron character in Smash. I would really love that.
0: Yeah, and Daruk has an amazing moveset potential as well. Yes. He could, like, eat and throw rocks, he could swing his big old sword around, he has, like, every every champion in Breath of the Wild has a signature weapon, mm-hmm. and uh, Koran has, like, this big, like, blunt sword used for crushing rocks. That's cool. So he could- Daruk could swing that around- He could obviously roll up into a ball and roll people over. I think he could have an excellent moveset. Daruk's protection could just be his shield, and maybe it could be better than average. Or it could be his down B and have some sort of cool defensive qualities. Mm -hmm. So I think he'd have an amazing moveset. I think he's super relevant right in this moment. And, you know, I think all the champions are pretty popular. They all got amiibos. They're they're on on my shelf right now. (laughs) I got all of them. Good stuff. And, man, uh, Daruk's design is just great. He's so cool. Yeah. The reason that Daniel keeps pausing is that
1: he keeps looking admiringly over at Daruk as though he is observing the love of his life.
0: <laughs> Daruk is great. I think he'd be a fantastic playable character. I agree. However, I think I think that long-term relevance is a factor, uh-huh. and there's another character I feel sort of edges him out in likelihood, and that's Urbosa, the Gerudo champion. Now, I'm curious, Daniel, as to...
1: I like Urbosa a lot. I think that she's a really cool character. What is it for you that puts her ahead of Daruk in terms of potential representation in
0: Smash? So, first of all, I'm going to sound like a broken record when I bring this up, Uh but Sakurai always has to kind of hunt for female representation. Boy, I got to change this record. <laughs> when he's adding new characters in Smash, the fact that she is a a cool like female playable character, I I think is is a point in her favor. Okay. But also I think I think there's more to it than that too. I think she's got an excellent move set and I think she's got an aesthetic that no character in Smash really fills right now. One problem that Smash kind of has is that you've got a lot of Japanese aesthetic characters. Sure. So, Smash is one of those franchises where there aren't really any playable POC. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. And, that's know, true.
1: Yeah. Unless you're a fox, or a falcon, <laughs> or a wolf.
0: <laughs> those are FOC. <laughs> no, that's that's a terrible joke. <laughs> anyway, the... The the thing is, yeah, there's there's just not a lot of dark skinned representation in this game. That's absolutely true. And you know, like the entire Gerudo race is like you know is inspired by by a lot of POC culture. And you know, deliberately like has that kind of aesthetic. So I. I think that's also kind of a factor for Urbosa, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And her moveset would be dope as hell. She could have, like, she has, like, a scimitar, right? And right. that's a kind of sword we've never seen represented in the series. Bef- in We've never seen represented in Smash before. That's true. We've had many sword fighters, but never a scimitar fighter. Yeah, so she can sort of, like, have a have a fighting style where she sort of dances as she fights. Mm-hmm. And her power is called Urbosa's Fury, I want to okay. say. And it becomes an attack that... Link can use in Breath of the Wild, where he sort of covers himself in electricity as he as he swings his weapon. That's cool. So I think she could use Urbosa's Fury, and in Breath of the Wild, one of Urbosa's relics is this helmet that can resist thunder strikes. Okay, right. So I I think one cool thing she could do is like for her down B could basically be Pikachu's Thunder Shock, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pikachu's okay. Thunder attack. Where she, you know, puts the helmet on her head and thunder comes down and she's, like, a mean to it. That would be cool. And, yeah, I just think she'd be, like, a badass lady character, which, with the exception of, like, Sheik, a lot... Well, Sheik, Samus, there's there's some badass ladies in Smash already, mm-hmm. but there's always room for more. Yeah, I agree. So, I think Daruk and Urbosa both have a lot going for them. I'd give a slight edge to Urbosa. Okay. Um, In the end, I don't think any of them are going to be playable, though. Fair. Yeah, I'm not predicting any of them, although I'd love to see any of them, and I think they'd have great movesets. I, uh, yeah, I just think long-term relevance is probably a thing, but I think Urbosa has as high as, like, a 60% chance of showing up. Okay. And Daruk's got, like, a 55% chance. But it's one or both of them. It won't be both. Fair enough. I hope that one of them does make it into the game. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. So... There's one character in Zelda that actually does have long-term relevance that is a staple of the Zelda franchise that is not playable in Smash yet. And who might that be? That is Impa. Ah! Now, is another character that I predicted would be in Smash 4, right. and I was wrong. I was super wrong because I thought that she would replace Sheik as Zelda's down B, right. which was wrong on multiple counts, <laughs> <laughs> because transformation wasn't even a thing in that game anymore. True. True. However, I think Impa still has a lot of potential as her own character, Mm -hmm. and a lot of her appearances she's got, like, a Naginata, Mm -hmm. which is a cool weapon that would be really neat to see represented in Smash. Yeah, I think that
1: Hyrule Warriors in particular gave her a lot more moveset potential than she even had previously. Yeah. Like, they really fleshed out moves that she can use in combat.
0: Yeah, yeah. The thing that's kind of a strike against her is that in about half of the games where she appears, she's an old lady and she doesn't do anything. Right, And that includes Breath of the Wild, the most recent and most relevant game in the franchise. Mm. So although I think Impa would be great, she kind of struggles with the relevance bit. Also, I wonder what her popularity even is. Mm. Yeah, that's that's fair. I don't hear a lot of people clamoring for Impa, although actually some people did mail in and say that they would love to see Impa, and and I agree with that. Really, my... (laughs) My favorite input design is her Skyward Sword design. She just looks super badass in that. Mm-hmm. And she gets to be very useful throughout the game, too. Yeah, she just got a lot of cool powers that she shows off. Right. But the Skyward's, I think, I think the ship has sailed for her Skyward Sword design, and that's really unfortunate. Yeah. And therefore, actually, it's hard to say what she'd even look like in Smash 5 if they did include her. Sure. And I feel like they wouldn't just use her Hyrule Warriors design because that's a, that's a spinoff made by a third party, you know? Right, that's, that's a good point. So I think one thing they could do, for Smash Bros. Brawl, mm-hmm. Sheik was in the game and she had a new design based on what she could look like in Twilight Princess. Ah. Right. Sheik was not present in Twilight Princess, but while they were developing Twilight Princess, in early drafts of the game, they were actually planning on including Sheik in some form, so they had drawn character designs for her. I see. So Sakurai took Sheik's (laughs) prototype Twilight Princess design and incorporated it into Smash.
1: That's cool, and I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So Impa shows up in Breath of the Wild as an old lady, and I bet there's at least concept art of her flying around of what she looked like when she was young. Mm -hmm. So one thing that would actually be pretty cool is to see Impa with this Breath of the wild inspired design just wielding a naginata and having a mix of the power she's had in past Zelda games okay I'd really like that and I feel like that could be even a bit more likely than seeing a champion because she has that long-term relevance but I don't know if the time is right for Impa I, I think we might see as playable by the end of the the smash franchise by okay. the time the last smash game is made what a I think, sad day that will be right <laughs> by the time the last smash game is made i think we'll see impa is playable but i don't know about her chances for this game i just i just have a feeling that she she might get passed over okay. so i i guess the most likely character for me is Urbosa, followed by daruk followed by impa followed by Rivali, followed by mifa <laughs> i i guess like they're, <laughs> they're just they're not in i i okay. we're not gonna see those two as playable characters, assist trophies is another story. Ah, good point. Good and actu- actually one thing I think could happen is that none of them will be playable, but they'll show up in Link's final smash. In oh, five,
1: that makes sense.
0: He, he like, you know, he'll hit you with that Triforce laser and then a cutscene will play where they show up in their great beasts, right? All four of them mm-hmm. show up and shoot lasers out of their giant animal mechs and <laughs> obliterate whoever got tacked in the initial hit.
1: You know, on the whole, I'm kind of on the fence about cutscene smashes, but that would be cool as far as cutscene smashes go.
0: Yeah, man. I'm, I'm on board for cutscene final smashes, as you and Mega Man know. That is, yes, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, fucking, I love Mega Man's final smash. Anyway, that means that I'm not predicting any new characters for Zelda, and that feels wrong. Okay. That, like, something doesn't sit right with me on that. Because Zelda deserves a fifth character, and i f- I feel like they've put so much focus on Zelda as a franchise in the past couple of years that new representation for him in Smash is kind of a no brainer. Sure. But when I looked down this list, I see a lot of reasons the characters couldn't be in. I want to be risky and just predict someone like Daruka Robosa, mm-hmm. but I just don't have the courage right now. Well, I'm not Link. <laughs>
1: I have recently come into the possession of the Triforce of Courage through (laughs) completely non-nefarious means, and I'm definitely not Ganon. So I am going to officially predict on the podcast right now that Midna is going to be in Smash 5. (laughs) You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Is that a real prediction or are you being silly? That is a real prediction. Really? Yeah, I'm going to throw my weight out there. I think that she is a character who has been enduringly popular whether or not that's for good reasons you know uh you can draw your own conclusions i think that she has a lot of moveset potential i think that the thing that counts against her is relevance but i'm just gonna you know this is a gamble but Mm -hmm. i'm gonna throw it out there i think that midna's is is gonna be a character that is going to be in
0: wow five you know what sean you've inspired me wow Urbosa is going to be in Smash 5. Alright. That's, that's my prediction. Good. Congratulations. Yeah. She's, she will be the. The character that gets added in from the Zelda franchise, and they'll just have to deal with that in <laughs> in future Smash games. As I, You know, that feels right anyway, because I feel like they're going to find excuses to make Breath of the Wild relevant for a while. Okay, I think that the next big Zelda game, like, I think we might get kind of a 2D Zelda experience next, mm-hmm. but I think after that might be kind of a Majora's Mask situation, hmm. where they... They sort of call back to Breath of the Wild a lot and reuse a lot of its assets.
1: Well, you know how much I love Majora's Mask situations, so I'm totally down for that. Anyway, that's that's all the characters we have to talk about for Zelda. Before we move on, yeah. can I just mention one character that I would love to see in the next Smash? Yeah, man. Great. I'm completely throwing the RPM triangle out the window <laughs> for this character.
0: It's not called
1: that, so that's fine. Great, because <laughs> this character is not relevant. I don't know what this character's moveset would be at all. And I don't know how popular this character is.
0: But Groose... Oh my god, I can't (laughs) believe I forgot about Groose from Skyward Sword. No, that's why
1: I was like looking up and down the outline like, are we going to be talking about Groose in fan mail or something? (laughs) But yeah, so there is this character, Groose, in Skyward Sword, (laughs) for those of you who didn't play that game, which is Mm -hmm. probably a fair number of you, because it came out late in the Wii's life cycle. Mm Mm-hmm. But there is this character, Groose, who's this sort of prototypical jock who bullies you when you're in, like, island flying school (laughs) and then becomes inexplicably important throughout the rest of the game. And he is hysterical. He is... (laughs) He's hands down one of the best written characters in the entire Zelda franchise. Yeah. I love him so much, (laughs) and I just desperately want him to be represented in some form in
0: Smash at all. Yeah, he is probably... Just one of my top three favorite Zelda characters ever. Yeah, he's stellar. And he would be an amazing assist trophy. I agree. Yeah. I Obviously, I don't think he has enough chops to be a fully playable character. I'd love that, too, though. Yeah, I'd love that. I would love that. And... He is the most glaring omission from Hyrule Warriors, just a side note there. I agree. The fact that he never showed up in Hyrule Warriors is a crime. He's got a Groose cannon. Yeah. Have him shoot his cannon. Yeah. And his Groose cannon would be what he'd do in his assist trophy, I think, and that'd be really great. Yes. Oh, man, Groose is so good. Thank you for bringing that up. I can't believe (laughs) I forgot that poor, poor man. Groose will forgive you somehow. Groose is the best. Okay, so with that, we'll move on to bosses. I think there's one pretty obvious boss that can show up, mm-hmm. uh, and that's Calamity Ganon, the final boss of Breath of the Wild. Also known as Big Boy Bug Ganon. No.
1: <laughs> I'm, look, I'm you can't fault me for expanding your vocabulary. I've coined the RPM triangle, <laughs> and now we've got Big Boy Bug Ganon. I don't know what I'm going to do next, but when this series is over, you're going to thank me for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a prediction that i won't be on board with that's fair <laughs> only i have the bravery to make such a prediction
0: <laughs> okay so yeah he's kalina ganon's just a big old bug pig and he he'd be a cool boss yeah that's that's all i got i mean he's you know he, he's big he's scary He'd be cool to fight as some kind of boss.
1: No, I'm, yeah, I I agree. He'd also make a great stage hazard if you could, like, fight Mm. in, you know,
0: a Ganon's Tower level and he just shows up. Yeah. That would be cool, too. That would be cool. Any, any other, like, Zelda-themed bosses you'd like to see in Smash
1: 5? Well, as usual, my instinct for bosses that I would love to be included is competing with my instinct for bosses that I think would be likely. Right. I think that it would be fun to just kind of fight your normal ocarina of time Ganon, maybe on top of Ganon's tower from that game or yeah, something that'd be like cool. that. Obviously I would love to fight Majora's
0: Mask. I think that's super unlikely.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. That those are about
0: the two. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Cool. But well, those are good picks. So now that we're done with all the character-related stuff, we'll move on to stages. Right. And first we'll cover stages that have been represented in past Smash games before moving to new potential stages. Okay. So first up, the original Hyrule Castle from Smash Bros. 64.
1: The first stage that you fight on when you're doing the
0: arcade ladder in that game. Yeah. Like most Smash 64 stages are want to be, Hyrule Castle has sort of a weird design, but it's actually probably one of the most straightforward Mm-hmm. designs layout-wise. I, I like the stage, even though it definitely feels, as a lot
1: of those stages do, like they just threw some random shit together <laughs> to make a stage. Yeah, yeah. I still think that
0: it's fun to fight on. Which is good for you, because it was included as DLC for both versions of uh, Smash Bros. 4. Aha, uh-huh. I think it could still show up in 5 again, like this classic old-school stage that we haven't seen a lot of. Sure. But maybe, maybe, maybe it won't show up, because it it's resurfaced so recently. And up next in Melee mm-hmm. is the Temple stage. Right. The Smash iconic Smash Temple stage that has actually shown up in every Smash game since Melee, and it might just end up being, like, a staple. I was gonna say, this has got to be the most iconic Smash stage
1: that there is. Yeah,
0: it's just got a super memorable layout, super weird, like, it's it's got this part on the top where everyone dukes it out on, but then then you have sort of this pathway to the bottom where where everyone secretly dukes it out on there's there's charts there's like these there's these diagrams right that right. that show like that show like each aspect of the stage and like there's this part at the bottom that's just called like high roll fight club right <laughs> right yeah such an iconic
1: stage i have to say I'm generally a fan of kind of large stages that do interesting thing with their layouts. Yeah. uh, Which is why, for instance, I like the Great Cave Offensive so much. Yeah. I do think that the Temple stage is much more successful at being a stage than the Great Cave Offensive. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, people go all over that stage. Yes. Like, with Great Cave Offensive, everybody kind of stays up on the top. With Temple, you're fighting in the bottom. You're, like, like jumping along the bottom trying to knock people away. You're fighting on the top. And it all feels super organic.
0: Yes. So whoever designed that stage... Good job. Yeah, I think if any stage is going to show up for the fourth time <laughs> in Smash 5, it's going to be Temple. And I'd be okay with that. Yeah. A stage that hasn't shown up since Melee is the Great Bay from Termina. Right. This Majora's Mask stage that uh, like has like a raft on the side and like a frog shows up or something.
1: That was kind of a weird stage. Yeah, it was kind of a weird stage. Even though I love Majora's
0: Mask, I would be fine with it not coming back again. Although we haven't seen it in so long that I wonder if it's going to return just for that reason. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Then we get into Brawl stages. We've got the Bridge of Elden from Twilight Princess. Just this horizontal stage that's just a bridge, right? I do think
1: that in spite of its design not being super memorable functionally, it's a very cool stage aesthetically. Yeah. you got, like, the sunset and everything. It's just kind of neat to look at while you're fighting on it.
0: Yeah, and actually, I, I disagree. I'd say that the design actually is pretty memorable functionally because you have those Bo Coblins, like, riding by and, like, oh, dropping true. bombs in the stage, and the layout changes that way. That's true. That's a good point. And just a purely horizontal stage where you could just walk off the stage and die if you want... <laughs> you could just walk to the very like right end of the stage and without falling just die because you've left the boundaries. You don't see that a lot. Yeah, that's a
1: relatively novel stage feature.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know. It's that design is deceptively cool. Okay. I like I like Bridgetveld a lot. I th- I think if it came back for 5 that'd be cool. However, it did also appear in Smash 4 Wii U, so maybe hmm. Maybe it's time to let that stage rest for a bit. I guess we'll see. Okay. And another stage I love is the pirate ship stage from Wind Waker. That's a good one. Yeah. You ride around in a pirate ship, sometimes the King of Lions shows up, you're you're in the water, and, and a lot of different effects happen, and boy, that stage is just gorgeous. It's a good-looking stage. It's really pretty. It's got that Wind Waker aesthetic, and... I like that stage a lot. It showed up in Brawl and also showed up as DLC for the Wii U version of 4. I guess a lot of DLC stages were for both systems. Right. But I guess the 3DS couldn't handle Pirate Ship's graphics or whatever. The little 3DS that couldn't. <laughs> but I'd love to see that again in 5. I I think that one's going to take a break for sure, though. Okay. Just got a feeling. And that's it for Brawl, so we'll move on to 4. Okay. So the Wii U version of 4 debuted, the Skyloft stage.
1: Now, I didn't play the Wii U version very much. I focused more on the 3DS version, so I don't remember this
0: stage super well. Skyloft was a traveling stage mm-hmm. where a just a sort of generic floating platform would transport you around different parts of the Skyloft island. Sure. And I love Skyward Sword, so I was really glad this stage was there. Mm-hmm. The Wii U version of 4 is its only representation so far, so I think it could easily come back as a past stage in five and i'd i'd like that i just like skyloft mm-hmm. not so much it's designed as a stage but i i just like seeing skyloft how do you how do you feel broadly
1: speaking about traveling stages
0: in general i think sometimes it can be cool and i do like them as a showcase of a setting you know like as far as mechanics are concerned i think there's too many of them mm-hmm. <laughs> But I am fine with getting one or two in every game. Okay. Because I think I do like the concept of, like, sort of a a stage, like, changing its layout as you play on it. That's neat, but it it happens too often.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that I like, for whatever reason, even though functionally they're very similar... I prefer stages that transform while you're staying still to stages mm. where you fly to a new area. I guess that's fair. Like, I like the Fire Emblem Arena thing. I like yeah. the Pokemon Elite Four stage. You right. know, okay. More than I like Delfino Plaza, for instance. Yeah,
0: I think I can agree with that. But yeah, I I don't hate those stages though. Okay. And I I think it's worth it enough to be able to just fight on every part of the Skyloft Island. That's fair. Yeah. I I do I do love what they show off aesthetically.
1: Like I do I like Skyward Sword a lot. I think yeah. that it is among the more underrated Zelda games. Yeah. Uh so I'm definitely fine
0: with Skyloft's inclusion. That would not bug me at all. Cool. And the 3DS version had two new Zelda stages. One was the Gerudo Valley from the 3DS version of Ocarina of Time. Right. Uh, sort of had like a bridge in the middle, uh, like, you know, very very deserty aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine if this never came back, but that's because I don't care about Ocarina of Time very much. <laughs> that is true. He does not care about Ocarina of Time very much. Yeah. I had a weird experience where... I never got to play through much of Ocarina of Time because I never had an N64. So the first time I played Ocarina of Time was on the Wii Virtual Console. Right. So you don't have the benefit of sort of
1: the nostalgia for the game that allows you to look past its flaws. Yeah,
0: exactly. I did not play that game when it was a revolutionary game, which I acknowledge that it is. I didn't I wasn't there when it changed the way 3D games were made. I was there after I had played Twilight Princess. <laughs> And got to experience all the advancements that Twilight Princess made to Zelda mechanics. So by the time I got to Icarina of Time, it was a very old game, and... It just felt kind of overrated to me, so yeah. I, yeah like... You're you're wading into dangerous water by <laughs> on a podcast, you know. I I think people who love Ocarina of Time are still valid, <laughs> you know. I yeah. I I think it's totally cool if you if you love that game, and I understand why it is a revolutionary game that really was really special when it came out.
1: And I think there's a lot of stuff in there. Like this wouldn't necessarily change your mind, but there's yeah. a lot of good stuff buried under those janky and early N64 mechanics. Oh you know? no. You
0: know, I like, yeah, I, I did play it, and it's it's got some charming moments. But in in the end, I I think I I sort of frown when I see people say that Ocarina is the best game of all time, okay. because I just think so many Zelda games have come out since that have made vast improvements on the formula, and even have like more charming casts and and experiences. You know, so you could say then that
1: you tried so hard and got so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter.
0: Good Zelda reference, Sean! (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, hey, the band's called Link and Park.
0: So, So, our last stage, our last stage is the Spirit Train from Zelda Spirit Tracks, and you're on a train, and... It's, you know, it's it's from a toon link game, so it's got that kind of aesthetic going. And this was I, I actually kind of liked the layout of this stage and it was fun to fight on. Yeah, me too. And I think this would be a great stage to sort of get a visual update to sort of be able to see in HD instead of with those 3DS graphics. Okay. I feel actually pretty confident that Spirit Train is going to come back for the hmm. for 5 as a past stage. All right. And uh, and it'll just look really pretty. So those are all eight stages from the Zelda franchise that have been represented in Smash. Up next is potential for new stages. So I think one new stage is just incredibly obvious, and that's the Great Plateau in Breath of the Wild. Sure. The the area where you start in Breath of the Wild, that is just this big, just elevated length of field, with mm-hmm. shrines and Hyrule Temple is uh is there and it's dilapidated. And, you know, that'd just be a, a good place, a, like a, a good place to stage off of I see a lot of potential for that stage and I think it just makes a lot of sense that it'll be in Smash 5
1: it also has the benefit of already being a floating platform so they don't have to fluff <laughs> that in at all <laughs> yeah yeah that's that just a good already point.
0: exists for them to use yeah yeah that's a that's a good point so yeah I, I don't have a lot more to say about the Great Plateau but I think it's very likely I think it's kind of a lock to be in sure I just think there's a, actually a lot of places in Breath of the Wild that would be great stages. Absolutely. Fighting on Fighting on one or all of the great beasts would be really cool. Oh, true.
1: One that I was thinking about is, you know, in Breath of the Wild you spend so much time going into these sort of electric blue shrines. Yeah. And it'd be cool to fight inside a shrine
0: with the like oh, platforms man. moving around. And yeah. yeah. Ooh, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I hope that happens. That'd be dope. Me too. Outside of... <laughs> I don't think this is likely at all, but... <laughs> But a stage that I'd love to see is Mount Tamarank from Links Awakening. That's the mountain that you awaken the windfish on. Uh, yeah, like, you know, yeah. the the egg would be in the background and while you fight like it would like hatch and the windfish would come out and be a stage hazard That's or maybe old. you could get on the windfish and then it would like fly around the island. I would be totally down for that. Yeah, I I'd, I'd love that. It's not going to happen, but no. I just Links Awakening is my favorite Zelda game and I just sure. want it I I want it to show up.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, similarly in terms of stages that I would love and yet are not going to happen, even though I just said that I don't like flying stages that much, I would love a flying stage <laughs> that went to each district of Clock Town oh, uh, yeah. in uh, Majora's Mask. That'd be cool. Yeah. I would. I would really love that. You know, you could kind of see what all the villagers are doing in each different part of it. Maybe there could be a day-night cycle or what they're doing changes. I think there's a lot of neat things you could do with an idea like that. Sadly, however,
0: I'm not
1: going to predict that that's going to happen. Yeah, I
0: feel like Majora's Mask for the 3DS came out at the exact wrong time. (laughs) Too late to really add anything from it into Smash 4, but too early to be considered for Smash 5 stuff. It's sad, but true. Although, actually, I think Majora's Mask 3DS is probably the reason Skull Kid exists as an assist trophy. So, oh, there's that.
1: Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that little grain of happiness and just <laughs> be content.
0: Yeah, so I think that's all the stage talk. Yeah. Okay, I think so. Okay, cool. Let's move on to items. Right. So, a decent variety of Zelda items have shown up through the franchise. A lot of them in 4, actually, but we'll mm. we'll start from the beginning. So, in Smash 64... Yep. We had the heart container from Zelda, you know, a big old heart you'd collect it and it would heal 100% of your health.
1: One of several healing items that debuted in that game, I think. We also
0: had the Maxim Tomato, yes. right? Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Which I think healed just all of your health, right? Uh, or at least a lot of it. Yeah. yeah, And yeah, that you know, pretty standard item. Spent been in all the Smash games. I think that trend will continue.
1: Yeah, fine with that coming back.
0: Yeah. In Melee, they introduced the Bunny Hood from Majora's Mask. Great item. Yeah, you, you put it on and you just run faster. It's been in every Smash game, and I think that'll continue. Mm-hmm. Brawl introduced the Deku Nut. Right. Which, you know, you, you throw it and it stuns your opponent. It explodes in a puff of smoke, and you're, if you hit someone, then they're... They're trapped in in a stunned animation for, for a hot second. And that came back in 4. I don't see any reason it wouldn't return for 5. Yeah. And then 4 added 5 new items from the Zelda franchise. Oh, wow. So first is the beetle from Skyward Sword, which is an item that, uh, that Link has in Skyward Sword. In Smash, you throw it forward... And it just sort of flies straight forward in a line. If it collides with an opponent, it latches onto the opponent and then flies straight up and instantly ko's them. Boy, that is not a fun item
1: <laughs> to have used on you.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Uh, when we were when we were playing uh, Smash Four over the weekend, I won with the Beetle a couple times. And that was that was very frustrating for anyone that lost. Yes. Our our friend and
1: Daniel's other podcast co-host, Max, was very salty. Yeah. Oh man. And
0: that's not a well designed item. No. That's there's some instant KO items that are, you know, pretty fairly designed, especially mm-hmm. the ones where you have to collect each piece before you even have a chance of instant KOing someone. That one though, it's so subtle and it sneaks up on you in yeah. such a way that it just feels
1: unfair every time. Yeah.
0: I think That maybe they could retire uh, the beetle and have it not return in five, and that'd be fine. That would be great. However, one cool item that debuted in four is the fairy bottle. True. If you pick it up, if you've taken less than 100% damage, it does nothing and you just hold on to the fairy bottle. Right. But if you have over 100% damage sustained... It heals you completely. That's a neat little situational item. yeah, it's that's cute. I like it. Mm-hmm. Also from Skyrim Sword is the gust bellows. right. Just uh just this big old like vase that shoots wind out of it. and that's a really fun item to use. yeah, I, I enjoy it whenever I pick that one up. Yeah, and it's not like incredibly overpowered. Uh, there's there's ways to get out of the wind gust, and I think that's a really fun item. I hope it comes back for five. Me too. Also, for the bomb chew... Right. If you throw it onto a stage platform, it'll sort of do a full loop, mm-hmm. you know? It'll... It'll sort of crawl under the stage and then crawl back up on the other side and explode when it contacts, when it makes contact with any opponent. Right. I think it's a neat little item, kind of like the, the hot head, but it doesn't stay on the screen for a really long time because it <laughs> explodes as soon as it hits you. Right. Yeah, I'd be fine with that coming back. There were, as an aside, mini-games in, I want to
1: say, Majora's Mask, where you had to use bomb chews to hit distant targets to win them. Huh. Very frustrating. Huh. Didn't enjoy them. However, I am glad that Bomb Chew is in Smash, and I'd be fine with it coming
0: back. Cool. The final item that got added to Smash 4 is such a great item, and I'm <laughs> glad it's in, is the kuko. Yeah, I also really like that. Yeah, it's it's a chicken, and historically in the Zelda franchise, there's these chickens that run around called kukos. They're in pretty much every game, and on pretty much every occasion, you can hit the kuko. You can... You can bother the cuckoo by by hitting it and damaging it. If you do it too much, the cuckoo gets really mad and then calls all of its friends and you just get swarmed with cuckoos until you die.
1: And the first time that that happens is an important part of any gamer's gaming history. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You always remember that moment of like, oh my god, what have I done? Yeah,
0: oh man, such a great... Such a great moment in every Zelda game. There's that weird time in Twilight Princess where you hit it a bunch and then you turned it into a cuckoo. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Yeah. But every other game is cool. <laughs> and in 4, you you activate the cuckoo by throwing it at an opponent and the opponent it hits is the one that it swarms with all of its friends. I think also if someone attacks the cuckoo. Instead of picking it up, then the Kuko will swarm that person. Either way, great item. Yeah, needs to come back for five. Absolutely. What a good good item. So good. So as far as new items go, I think a lot of the runes in Breath of the Wild would make great items. Mm -hmm. Like the stasis that sort of freezes someone in place, the magnet that sort of moves stuff around. You could maybe just like... Pick up a Sheikah Slate as an item, and it has a random rune on it that you get to use. That's cool. Also, the Wind Fish from Link's Awakening should be an assist trophy.
1: (laughs) Well, I can definitely see why that's going to happen. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. (laughs) Non-biased prediction from Daniel T. I would love that. Yeah, me too. Um, But,
1: you know, you know.
0: Yeah. So that's all the items, though. That's all the items that we've seen in Zelda games, mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll we we'll get some cool new ones. Although we got a lot of representation in 4. Maybe it doesn't need new items. It'll get new items. I think it'll get new items. Really, Zelda in general has a lot of representation in
1: Smash already. Yeah,
0: but it deserves that representation. You know, oh, absolutely. It's such a big franchise. It's It's weird. It actually feels like Zelda's almost in par with Mario in the grand scheme of things, but it has so much less representation than Mario. That's
1: true. That's a good point.
0: So I, I feel like we'll see even more Zelda stuff. And that's that's why I'm so convinced that we'll see a new Zelda character, you know, okay. to, to sort of catch up to Mario. Well, I hope you're correct. Me too, man. So let's move forward to the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So I think Zelda is very blessed with a lot of great music. Oh, yes. And some of that has already been represented in Smash. We've got that really cool ocarina of time medley mm-hmm. in Brawl, I want say. And Bridge of Elden had this great remix of the Dark World theme oh, that I really true. like. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's one of my favorite soundtrack pieces from the Brawl Smash 4 soundtrack.
0: Yeah, I even got some Link's Awakening love uh, in a remake of the Telltale Heights theme. Mm-hmm. And Smash 4 also brings back Skyward Sword's really cool theme in two different ways. First, it just, like, it just straight up rips the Ballad of the Goddess. It just rips like that main theme from Skyward Sword that's actually the original Zelda theme, but, like, played in reverse.
1: Which is such a cool thing that they did. Yeah. I
0: really appreciate that that's true. Yeah, that's really cool. Girahim's theme in that game is a remix of that theme, but with guitars, basically, <laughs> with like you know, like electric guitars. And they made a remix of Girahim's theme for Smash Four, and it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Any other like Zelda music that was in past games that you're you're into? Well, there is, of
1: course, the song that was associated with the temple level in Melee, which is that kind of yeah, rearrangement arrangement yeah. of the dungeon theme from I think Zelda Two. Right. Yeah. 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 And. I'm kind of sick of that, actually, because I listen to it a lot, because I play on that stage a lot, but it's also iconic, and I can definitely see it coming back.
0: Yeah, good call, good call. Uh, as far as new tracks, when we look to Breath of the Wild, as we've been looking to Breath of the Wild for a lot of new content, that one's kind of a tough one, because Breath of the Wild soundtrack... I'd say, is probably the least memorable is all the soundtrack in recent memory. Like, it's very
1: pretty. You yeah. know, don't get me wrong. That's definitely the kind of music that I could listen to while I was, say, relaxing in a bubble bath or <laughs> going to sleep or something. Yeah,
0: very, very atmospheric, really fits the game while you're
1: playing. But thinking back, it's hard to think of, like, oh, I really liked this
0: song from yeah. Breath of the Wild because they're all kind of similar. There, there's this one theme that plays whenever you fight these sort of golems. Oh, that's right! Like the bump, 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 <laughs> bump, bump. bump. Uh, <laughs> like this, this trumpet sort of like goes uh-huh. goes nuts while you fight these guys, and uh, <laughs> and that theme is probably like the most video gamey song in that game. Yes. So I just I bet that we'll see some sort of remix in, of that for the great plateau stage just imagine there's like this
1: poor trumpet player in the orchestra that recorded that soundtrack and he just wants to go buck wild every time and then the composer just reaches a hand over like no no now is not your time then finally they get to that song and he's like sensei is it now now can I do this (sighs) yes (laughs) 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 they should have let him do that more that poor guy,
0: <laughs> Zelda Orchestra trumpet player is the is the true new character that will appear in Smash. Yeah, he's only got one move, but it's really effective. <laughs> so that's that's all of the Zelda stuff. Yeah. Uh, now we're gonna break open some uh, some listener mail. Let's hear it. All right. Yeah, we've got some a lot of really great suggestions from you guys this time. So, first up, ShockTart17 on Reddit, a cool username, Yes, says, I think Ravio would make a great addition. Unique moveset with all the different items, relevant as being from the most recent 3DS game, and just a fun character. And Ravio is from Link Between Worlds. Right, I had to look him up because I never played that game. Yeah, he... In Link Between Worlds, he has, like, sort of this bunny costume he looks kind of like if nabbit uh was transported into the zelda universe sure but he's uh he's a really cool character in link between worlds i don't want to spoil too much Mm -hmm. about what his true role is in that game but he was a neat character and he's playable in hyrule warriors and he's the one who
1: rents items to you right yeah in in A Link Between Worlds. Yeah. So I can definitely see what Shock Tarts 17 means in yeah. the sense that he could be kind of a cool
0: gadget character who just uses a bunch of different items from his shop. Yeah, yeah, no, he'd be, he'd be real cool. And that's, that's a great pick. Thanks, Shock Tarts. Yes. I think if anything, he'll be an assist trophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that'd be a really cool, like he could use various Link Between Worlds items, maybe like turn you into uh, the, the hieroglyph, paintings oh yeah sure that'd be fun yeah
1: he could also just like there's so many zelda items in smash now he could just like throw out zelda items or something
0: oh that'd be cool yeah yeah that'd be really cool yeah good pick thanks shock tarts yes 17 the one sub throwaway on reddit uh gave us a really cool really long list of theories and stuff i'm gonna read some of it uh, because some of the stuff is really cool The one sub throwaway says, I also fully expect at least one Zelda newcomer, one of Nintendo's largest franchises, and it hasn't seen a newcomer since Brawl. I really doubt it'll skip a new character this time around, but then there's a problem. Outside of the core three of Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf, nearly every other character in the series is limited to a major role in just one game, Mm -hmm. then maybe the occasional Easter egg in later titles. Ooh,
1: see, one sub throwaway? Great minds think alike.
0: Yeah. Sure, you have really popular characters like Midnight Ghirahim, but their sole appearance was several entries ago. Yeah, you get it, man. You get it. (laughs) How good are the chances compared to a more recent character like, say, one of the four champions? If I had to pick a Zelda newcomer, my choice would be a bit of a personal one, and therefore not as popular as others. It would be Toon Zelda. Hmm. Zelda styled after appearances in Wind Waker and its sequels. And don't worry, my idea wouldn't end with her being faster, lighter Zelda like Toon Link is to Link. Instead, I'd have her use her Phantoms from Spirit Tracks, Ah. a heavyweight, slow character who uses both her sword and magic in sort of a clumsy yet endearing fashion, given the fact that she isn't very used to fighting on her own. If you need some visualization, there's several gameplay videos of how she plays in Hyrule Warriors, which is similar to my idea. Do I think this is likely? Not at all. But it's a fun idea I've had for a while now, and I think Toon Zelda would complement Toon Link very well. Plus, it doesn't go into the whole popular but older character versus less popular but newer character issue because it's still Zelda, and she's part of that core three. It's just a different iteration of her. I really like how thoughtful that comment was,
1: and I think that that would be a really fun addition to the game's. What I would actually love if we had more Wind Waker representation is Zelda as Tetra. Yeah, That right? would be the dream for me, to have her have lots of pirate-themed moves, maybe call in her crew as, like, assists. Yeah. Uh,
0: that would be what I'd really want.
1: But yeah. I wouldn't say no to Toon Zelda.
0: Yeah, nah, Toon Zelda would be great. Actually, uh, Deku Star, one of kind of our recurring uh, listeners who's, who's sent in mail every time. Thanks, Deku Star. Yes. I actually mentioned that Tetra would be one of his favorites. Nice. Yeah, so good, good pick. All right, I'm giving you an air high five,
1: Deku Star. There it is. Take it or leave it, but actually take it.
0: <laughs> take it easy, but take it. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've we've also got an email from Marco R. He says, hey, guys, love the podcast. It's exactly what I was looking for as far as a Smash 5 discussion podcast. I have many ideas for the Zelda series and the next Smash Bros, but I'll try to keep it short. And uh, he goes into several theories, but uh, there's one that I want to kind of highlight. Okay. I'd want another Link called Classic Link, Mm -hmm. who takes from his classic appearance in games of Link to the Past... And this Uh Link would be a mix of regular Link from previous Smash games and Toon Link and represent that classic Link moveset. Okay, Um, so sort of like a dark-haired,
1: cartoonier Link, probably, in terms of design.
0: Yeah. I like that
1: a lot. That's a really fun idea.
0: Yeah, to have that replace Toon Link, that's another cool idea, and I think that'd be really neat. I think Toon Link is still relevant enough that Mm. they they probably won't do that, but I'd love that as an alt costume for Toon Link. I agree. I think that'd be really great. Uh, Actually, like, original Legend of Zelda Link is sort of a color scheme for Toon Link, but they should just, like, give him a full model makeover. That would be really great. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, thanks for that, Marco. Good pick. We got another email, and it's from our high school friend Lonnie. Yeah, two Lonnie reps in one podcast. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Lonnie says, I definitely wouldn't expect an Oracle of Ages or Seasons level, but there's a lot they can do with that. The time travel element of Ages always appealed to me more than Seasons, and I think that'd be a great, like, left field, like, stage pick.
1: Me too. I think there's a lot of cool things that they could do with levels, really, from either of those games, fun fact when Lonnie and I were both about 10 years old he bought ages and I bought seasons why he likes ages more than seasons probably you you cuties I know (laughs) but yeah I think that could be a really neat stage and it would definitely like it would come out of nowhere but sometimes things do come out of nowhere in smash
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I I think that'd be great I, I think that'd be a great deep cut so good pick Lonnie he also writes at the end Hammer Bros confirmed for Smash 5 in all caps. Well, obviously. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Finally, another non-Zelda email from James M. Hey guys, thanks for reading my email last time. I'll stick with another slightly off-topic Smash question. Many Smash amiibo figures look great, but the Trina computer amiibo figure of Smash 4 was a little disappointing. What amiibo features, if any, would you like to see in the next Smash? Thanks! Ooh, what an interesting question. Right?
1: Yeah. And and I agree. I never used the Train Amiibo
0: feature in Smash. (laughs) I... Uh, I have a shelf right next to me that was initially the shelf that I put video games on. There are now so many Amiibo on that shelf that I have to move several of them whenever I want to grab a video game from that shelf, and I've never used that feature in Smash 4. I wish that I could impress upon all of you, our faithful
1: listeners, the degree to which these shelves are completely oversaturated with Amiibo. It's like to the point where I've been thinking lately, if we got a new shelf that was just for Amiibo, where could I put it in the house? <laughs> that is a serious thought that I have entertained because of this situation that we're in. I,
0: I have about 60.
1: I bought him more for Christmas. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs>
0: because yeah. he loves them, I guess. I, I do love them, and they look so good. They're, yeah, they do. They're such good little figurines. and It's really fun, actually, because... A lot of the time, if
1: you want to buy figurines like from an anime you like or something like that, they can mm. be hundreds of dollars. They can yeah. be very expensive. It's nice to have kind of an entry level figurine collecting situation that you can get into. Yeah, they're like 13 bucks a pop and. And very high
0: quality for that price. Yeah, exactly. They're great. We are not sponsored by amiibos. <laughs> but I. Yeah, so therefore, that's a really great question, and one that I've thought of a lot. I I love the concept of amiibos and wish that their treatment was a little better in their respective games. And I I think that Nintendo's starting to get the idea of is starting to get the right idea when they have a lot of new games with amiibo functionality where they have stuff that's unlockable in game by regular means, but you can put an amiibo on your system to unlock it immediately. Right, and I think that's. Like, for example, you have the wedding peach amiibo that unlocks the costume for Mario when you place it in Mario Odyssey, puts him in a wedding dress. Right. Or you can buy that in the shop. Right. I I think stuff like that is great. As, so, well, as
1: long as there's an alternative means to get the thing that an amiibo gets you, I yeah. enjoy that. I think that's fun.
0: So I think what would be really cool, actually, is if every character in Smash had an alt costume that changes their model in a significant way. Mm -hmm. This actually kind of calls back to your question last week about alt costumes. right? I think it'd be great if every character had, like, a unique alt costume. Like, you know, like, maybe an Akuma costume for Ryu or something, Uh if Ryu was going to show up in that game. Sure. And they're all unlockable in the game as, like, challenges that are, like, kind of hard. Right. Or Or you slap the amiibo on there and get that costume right away. I would
1: like that a lot. I think that'd be a really fun way to incorporate amiibos into smash 5 yeah and i would have so many amiibos to put on smash 5 he would be able to unlock character like he would put down amiibos and he would unlock characters and sakurai would be sitting there like what i never put that in the game how did did he get a tails costume for sonic what's what's happening
0: (laughs) yeah I, I think that'd be a great, great question, James. Thanks. um, And thanks to everyone that sent in mail. Again, so many of you guys give us so many great ideas that we can't read them all on the podcast, but keep sending them in because we love reading them.
1: Yeah, we do. Even if we don't read your mail on the podcast, we still read your mail yeah. and we enjoy your input. So, yes. So on a personal level, thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. And... If you want to send us more mail, especially, like, these cool off-topic questions that are really fun to think about, Mm -hmm. you can send them to us at asmashingtheory at gmail.com. Yes, and
1: I hope that you do.
0: Yes. So, now we're at the end of the episode, and I've been not doing something since the beginning of the podcast that I'd really like to do, and that's to sort of state what my entire predicted roster is so far. Okay. So, here is, as of episode four, what I'm predicting the roster is going to be. From the Mario franchise, I think we're going to see Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser, Rosalina... And Luma. Bowser Jr., <laughs> Captain Toad, and Paper Mario. Okay. From the various Mario spin off franchises, I think we'll see Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Yoshi, and Wario. No new additions there, but I think that there is some likelihood for King K. Rool, Dixie Kong, or Ashley from Mario But Cool. But again, those... Those are not on the list. right? And finally, here we are at Zelda, where I think we'll be getting Link, Zelda, Sheik, Ganondorf, Toon Link, and Urbosa from Breath of the Wild. And for me, Midna. Yes. Yeah. So, that's the predicted roster so far. As that
1: roster expands and as we get more news, we'll find out how right or wrong we are. Yes,
0: and that's exciting. So, uh, another wrapping up. If you guys want to wanna see what else we're up to, I have another podcast. It's called Play This. I host it with my buddy Max, and we recommend games to each other and then have in-depth discussions about them. We just wrapped up an episode about Firewatch uh, that was pretty cool.
1: And for those of you who haven't listened to it, there is a moment at the beginning <laughs> of that episode that made me laugh so hard that I almost dropped something. <laughs> so definitely check it out. And you can catch Sean as re, re underscore chief. Yes, re underscore chief on both SoundCloud, if you're interested in professional voiceover artistry, or on YouTube, if you're interested in Let's Plays and memes.
0: <laughs> yes, and that's the episode. Our next episode is going to be called Sakurai's Babies, in which we talk about the Kirby games And the Kid Icarus games. I'm excited, specifically for the Kirby part. (laughs) (laughs) So if you guys have any predictions or theories about the representation of those two franchises in Smash, send us your theories to a Smashing Theory on Twitter, and uh, if you want to give us a follow there while you're at it, that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Or a Smashing Theory at gmail.com we love reading your stuff and we're excited to do so. Exactly. And yeah, that's that's everything. We'll see you next time. And in the interim as you go about
1: your smash theorizing lives, we both hope that you have a smashing time. Ha-